and we're in for the second show of the week. We reviewed The Killer, the number one movie on Netflix for the last two weeks. Um, I, I thought it only came out maybe last Monday or something like that, but um, it it's been it's been trending up there for for ages, and it's had twenty two million streams uh, from individual accounts. I think that is and forty four out forty four million hours watched. So yeah, a lot of people. Um, well, tuning in and sound seemingly finishing the film at the very least. You know, when you watch a film and you switch it off, um, it seems like everyone's watched and, and finished it. Um, Michael Fassbender, David Fincher director, um, Tilda Swinton makes yeah. an appearance in this. Um, decent cast, quite, you know, especially for a Netflix film. You know, Netflix can kind of churn out a lot of movies like this and not actually you know, cast anyone significant and then the fall by the wayside. But, you know, this is kind of an all-star movie on, it's a small on the platform. Cast though, isn't it? So, oh yeah. Um but um I, I think because of the calibre of the work it's ended up being quite a mm. quite a memorable memorable watch. What did you think initially? Yeah, I really liked it. I mean it's not my genre, is it? Like I don't like action movies that much. Um not that this is explicitly an action movie, but I don't really like that whole grey man, like, espionage world. I find it kind of boring. Um, and the plot itself, like, is not anything original, is it? No. I mean, it's almost verbatim, the plot of the porn identity. Like, agent messes up a hit and then, as a result, becomes the target himself. Yeah. Right? And has to go renegade and flee, you know, the agency's get back or whatever. Um... But this was kind of different, like, I guess you wouldn't expect anything else from Fincher in the way that it was extremely detail-focused. Mm. And I really liked that Fincher's focus was the character rather than, I guess, the story, which contradicts everything I've ever said about what I value. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like, I really liked that this movie took a, a particular focus on the actual killer, yeah. like the personality of the killer, rather than just being another sort of repetitive action movie about a guy on the run from his previous agency. Yeah. And and just for those that maybe aren't aware of Fincher's work, like me, who searched up some of the stuff. Surely you were. Well, okay, so you've got Fight Club, you've got Gone Girl, um, you have Alien, the Alien trilogy, or how many, how many there's lots of Alien films. He was films. involved with yeah, some of them. Um, one you were surprised at, what was that called? Those of Dogtown. I think I did know that, mm -hmm. but... That is like quite far removed from what Fincher's style is. Yeah. So I was surprised to see that he directed that. Well, a surprising one for me. It looked there was one that was called "Is this black enough for you?" <laughs> so, I've never heard of that one. <laughs> oh, what the fuck's that? Right, we'll have to do some research there. Haven't we? Um, I mean, Finch is one of the big. He's a big. Yeah. He's like the one of the OG like big name directors, isn't he? So I, I guess when he teases a movie like The Killer with Michael Fassbender. On Netflix, it's going to get a lot of attention, mm. and and right, so it it lived up to that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think for me, this there this was a victim of, and and I don't know if it's a victim of um, it being an overdone genre or something like that. But but I found the first seventy five minutes really intriguing, mm. and then I found the last thirty five minutes really disappointing. Really? Yeah. So this is this is I, I love this kind of stuff. Like it's one of those. It's it's a genre where you stick it on, you have a bit of fun, 
you don't we try not to criticize it too much you know the story is going to be pretty much the same mm. um but my my opinion on this film was it was um suspenseful intrigue and interesting for the first 75 minutes culminating in the fight with um the guy with the american bully which was uh the florida man yeah yeah the brute yeah yeah um i i thought that scene i thought that scene was was excellent it was wild wasn't it? <laughs> um it was just relentless absolutely relentless and then i can only describe the last 35 minutes in my opinion as as slightly flaccid it just I, it, it seemed bored? to fizzle out i didn't it's not that i got bored i was just almost waiting and maybe it's my fault for wanting a grand finale but I, it just it fizzled out it was like a norm it ended up being that normal job like he it was like um at the start of the movie there was this facade that it was all going to be very routine and, yeah, and yeah, the job yeah. was going to and then it ended with i feel like in the in almost the same way, despite him going through everything he went through, he he he, he you know he killed off the second assassin, went to meet the client, basically gave the client a second chance, and then just went back to his life. and And I just feel like the the height of the Ooh. film peaked too early. Okay. Um, which 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 means, in my opinion, it's it's a, still a good movie, but I, I, I you remember endings, don't you? Mm. And uh, so. I don't, I'm a bit cautious to talk about the ending at this point because there's a lot of things I want to mm. mention but I think you might I, well you might have missed something or I might have picked up on something well, wrongly I double checked on Cosmopolitan magazine right <laughs> who wrote an article about the ending and it didn't seem to you know, do you know what I mean so, but I'm not going to say Cosmopolitan magazine is the uh, is the height of uh, critical review but <laughs> does he die the killer like I might be reading too much into it, but I feel like it's something Fincher would do. He drops that little ambiguous hint right at the end um, that the killer might have actually lost this, that he actually might be dying at the end. Because when he's in the penthouse speaking to the client who's been, you know, so he's sort of like the last obstacle, the last um, hit, isn't he, to take out the client, get all the way back to the client who booked or paid for the hit that mm. he botched in the first place. Mm. Um, Claiborne. The final, yeah, Claiborne, that's his name, the final loose end, really. And he says to him, like, he, he, take, he breaks his last rule, he takes, his, he takes mercy, or he chooses mercy or whatever, and he goes, don't make me come back, or something along those lines. He's like, because I can do it however, you know, I can kill you in a million ways, uh, and he's like, I could find something appropriate. And he mentions, like, some uh, poison on the, on the lip of his favourite coffee cup, and he was like, you'll die painfully with facial spasms I swear that line's in there yeah no that's, that's something that's about right yeah and then the final scene which is you know like five minutes later he's back at home everything's sort of like alright you know stasis resolved and he's making coffee and he takes it out and sits next to Magdala and on the uh, on like the fucking deck chairs outside he has a sip and then his face twitches and the movie ends Oh. And I was like, has he, like, is the is the is Claiborne sent out a hit? And has, has he got this, him back? Right. Or I think I think that's what I think that's what's happened. I mean, I'm really annoyed if I have missed that <laughs> because that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I I I didn't see that, so that would be really interesting. <laughs> Um, I, must, I, mean, I, I might not be there yeah, I, might, yeah. I might be wrong but I swear I can't that remember sound, that I mean that sounds brilliant fiction. that sounds like a great way to end it but um, 
Uh, I, I mean, that's, that's, for me, still, the last half an hour has that. That there's a dip. There's there's, a, there's a definite dip for me. But um, I actually have like um, I feel like I have an explanation for that. I think because of his efficiency. You know, you know you know when you see uh, and and I'm not you know you see the transporter or you see the born identity and stuff like yeah. that. They, there's there's almost like they there's almost times where it feels like they're really up against it, right? Mm. But but by the point of the last half an hour, this guy you just knew this guy was was so efficient that whatever was going to happen was just it was just going to work for him. Nah. Well, yeah, no, yeah, because the, you know like he pretty much he was he's ruthless. He doesn't break his rules really. No. All right, he, all right, he missed no. the first. I think you missed the point in this whole movie, mate. <laughs> like so, Fincher and writer Andrew Walker like do this brilliantly. They set up this uh, the killer Michael Fassbender's character to be like this Patman, uh, this Patman, Patrick Bateman type. You know, like he's a he's a psychopath. He's meticulous, clinical, obsessive. He's you know checking his heart rate on his wristwatch like obsessively like the yoga is in there it's all of like this Patrick Bateman American Psycho vibe isn't it but then he almost immediately fucks up yeah he almost immediately like makes a mistake and he's humanised by that um, and it's, it's like this this diversion you know you're, you're led to believe Fincher leads you to believe that this is going to be another movie about you know Jason Bourne or John Wick even you know where he's just this unstoppable killer this unstoppable predator who's just worked it out and is like lethal and focused and trained and and he's reciting all these mantras to himself in this, in that Paris stakeout but throughout the movie one by one he breaks every single one and it starts like you know the first domino is him messing up the head mm. missing yeah he fires a bullet kills the wrong person and, and he goes shit and like that's it and from that point everything's just gone and he's still re reciting the mantras to himself but he's kidding himself because throughout the movie he's, every single like hit each part I think it's called like part one or whatever part two chapter one yeah yeah within each uh, chapter he completely breaks another one of his rules to the point where he's almost inefficient completely do you have a second example? well yeah there's one in every part because at every stage his plan goes to shit Every single stage. Yeah. And I think the, the obviously the major one is Florida. Yeah. Because like, you know, he manages to sedate the dog, but then he gets in there and he thinks it's going to be a clinical hit and he's saying to himself, don't improvise, you know, stick to the plan. Like, yeah. Super, super yeah, super yeah super and then, you know, this guy comes out of nowhere and it's just an absolute brawl. It's a, it's a mess. Like, yeah, it's a yeah. total mess. Like nothing at all goes to plan for this guy ever, really. Right. I see what you mean. So in each part, he breaks a rule and in each part, his plan goes wrong and in that way this movie is so realistic mm. it's not like um, alright there's, there's you know there's flickers of, of Jason Bourne and John Wick in there where like this guy is lethal and super trained but like as he breaks his rules he becomes more it, the movie feels more and more realistic mm. oh yeah uh, there was th that definitely came across um, and, and, and I think what my 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 beef is not with any of those those parts up to the Florida man. I, I think I think it was more the fact that like once he overcame the Florida man, I had full faith that this guy wasn't stuck. Yeah, was yeah, fulfilling yeah. everything he wanted to fulfill. And mm -hmm. and 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 there was that okay, there was that humility at the end where he left the client. And there's there's all these different possibilities. Maybe he died himself, but 
But it, I think it was mostly to do with the, the second assassin. Like, she was at a dinner table, and it, it was just a complete... I feel like it was a completely sw- a switched vibe a little bit. Mm. Like, it, it's not like there was no aggression, there was no intensity. And I, I understand you don't always need that. Um, but for me, because of the, like, the highs of the Florida man situation, I feel like that, that dinner with the second assassin was kind of a, a like a downward moment. Yeah, but I think that's, that you, sort um, of, you want that in your writing, don't you? You want to sort of like contrast your high tension, high adrenaline moments with like, you know, you need to balance it. Of course. I just wonder if it's in the right order. But I'm not the right. Well, I actually. So. <laughs> so I think maybe this this speaks to our difference in taste because yeah. I actually thought the highlight of this movie was that dinner table with Fassbender and Tilda Swinton. I thought that was the best. Mm. That was that was sick. I loved that. Like the final assassin, you know, the professional or whatever she's called, yeah. like the other professional assassin, the expert. I think the expert. Yeah. Does. Um, I mean, gets to her and she knows she's got straight away. Mm-hmm. But she she keeps him talking and that scene like it's almost like he has something of himself reflected back to him for the first time yeah uh i loved that and then you know they walk out onto the onto the dock like she knows she's like taking her last steps and all of that but then like attempts you know with the knife like you know she's gonna try and get out of it even right at the end and he doesn't show mercy yeah 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 that was a great scene i I think i like i liked the scene in isolation or does that make sense? I, I so so I'm I'm like a, I think what the way I'm looking at at it is is kind of in chunks. I I loved every scene in chunks, but but in but in, in the way it's ordered, there felt like a, a like a um, an adrenaline drop for me. Yeah. After that, and 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 it took the energy out of it for me. But like I'm I'm not saying I hated the film or anything. No, like that. no, no. I, no, I, I just I, I again. I'm, I don't think I'm the one sitting that's... here talking about it and, yeah. and uh, Finch is the one that's created a, a really well, good film well I don't film. think the, the, but... the Finch's point was to create this adrenaline oh, the... like this isn't John yeah, Wick yeah, yeah, that's no, why I, I like it that's yeah. why it's beautiful it's, it's, a, it's a study of character not story yeah, which I know contrasts with or contradicts you know everything I say I value when I watch like entertainment yeah, I'm always story focused but I think my second priority is character and in this I was expecting for the first sort of like 10 minutes, I was like, oh, this is going to be another Born Identity John Wick vibe and I'm not on it at all. And then it becomes a character study. Mm. It's, a, it's, it's like a, uh, a study of this ruthless killer that's actually mm. quite human mm. and also kind of is reflective of modern society at the same time. You're going to have to delve into that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, de- I definitely agree. So think about it. The, mm-hmm. the fact that I want you to go into the modern society, <laughs> okay. where and I'll just kind of t- I'll carry on from your point. So, yeah, no, I, I definitely think if if character is is unbelievably well written, you can sometimes not worry about the story. I don't I don't know if you agree about that too, but I I think and I, again I could be I could be taking this the wrong way, but I think about um, Boiling Point, right, mm. the film, mm. where the, the the characters are so finely looked into that the actual the the story the, there is a well structured story there but it's not the focus. there is so much character kind of development within that yeah. that you can kind of 
almost forgive not you know a, something that's not thrilling or or well written yeah in it's, it's like the perfect short story isn't it because well. yeah. you've just got like a camera um, in a kitchen environment um, and it's just seeing the characters yeah you know? and, and and in the killer you've you've got the same thing you've got you've got let's say your blueprint assassin story but hang on a minute let's actually just focus on the the person and the struggle that this person goes through um yeah i mean it's on, not on a, a car- job it's not a character study in that way though is it it's not a, it's not you know, he's not exactly a big character. It's Michael Fassbender, of course. Like, he's got a history of playing this, like, soulless, yeah. like, cold... Yeah. You know, I can't give an example. Uh, Prometheus, I guess. And he made a good, a pretty good Macbeth once. Not that's all the way the same. But um, it's a study in the sense that, like, it's kind of a, a subversion of that action genre. It's like a subversion of the born identity, really. Because it's all about human error. Like the dude just messes up. There's one hit, and it, and unlike the born identity, it it is his fault this time. You know, mm. he does miss, and he makes a lot of maybe makes a lot of mistakes scattered through the movie. Um, and he and he just quickly he misses because of his routine. Because he's he's so that obsession was getting his heart rate down to sixty. At sixty two, he had the shot. Yeah, and he didn't. Yeah, and he didn't take it. That's a good point. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. So it's that you know, it's the, it's almost his his actual personality and character trait, you know, There's the, the illusion problem, of, yeah. of efficiency. Yeah. But he had a clear shot. For me, there was a, a very obvious point where he had a clear shot mm. when his heart rate was sixty two and he didn't yeah. take it. Yeah. He had to take it at sixty, and then it, and then obviously that happened. Um, which 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 I think that that's. That's the point where I was like, I'm in. <laughs> because I was like, that's, you know, it's really, really good, you know, really interesting detail there. Yeah, and that's Fincher and I just detail all the way through. But I liked the little, like, smatterings of humour as well. I mean, the Smith soundtrack has got to be talked about just throughout. Like, yeah. that's so charming, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it works really well. It just It's more Patrick Bateman stuff, isn't it? Like, it's more like just cold weirds I'm surprised this guy didn't drink a glass of milk at any point in the movie you know um, but phrases like what would John Wilkes Booth do as well <laughs> it's the same thing it's like the whole thing's almost trivialising like killers or yeah. assassins and it's like the assassin version of Joe Goldberg again but it, it but it, it brings it like it almost takes it away from, it, it takes it out of like the the stereotype when you do things like that like when you have a a sound, you know, the one consistent soundtrack throughout. Mm. You know, it's not like action sounds or cinematic, you know, f- noises in a fight scene or something like that. It's it's the Smiths. I'm pretty sure the only like, music played actually was, was yeah, the Smiths. I'm pretty, yeah. Like every time I was like, that's the Smiths Morrissey again. Morrissey <laughs> droning on like <laughs> as he's, as he's um, murdering but, people. <laughs> and I, I I think it it adds to that the like the um, the psychopath. Yeah, exactly. Um, when when it's like. You know, it's someone doing heinous things to like really fun tunes really, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, really, really liked that touch as well. Um, since we're talking about detail, something I've noticed after the film is, and, and I feel like I want to believe I subconsciously noticed the, it within. You know, everyone's called, cool. you've got the killer, the client. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then you've got the, lawyer, the expert, the lawyer, the brute. And then there's Dolores. <laughs> and, and 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 there's that when he enters the lawyer's office and he's and he's like hello hey Dolores yeah. and I feel like subconsciously because of the, 
she's the only one really where you get a name it's like that's that's where you connect so you feel more sorry for this character than, yeah, than the 100%. lawyer and the expert yeah. and, and I have to believe that was done on purpose I mean as there's well. Leo as well because no, no one has anything yeah so so the, the civilians have their names yeah, yeah, attached yeah. exactly to them. yeah yeah but the because they're know, not the rest hits. of the cast mm. um it's like motionless and you, and you you know even when the lawyer's like bleeding out you almost you're just like yeah it, even as the audience may be like well this is this yeah. is the business yeah yeah but yeah. when it's Dolores at the bottom of the stairs which was awful, or Leo in the cab and and Leo in the cab but I thought oh is please. I was I like go on let him get away but yeah yeah I was yeah. like but, and, and, but in your back of your head like there's no way there's no way he's not getting away and it, but that that emotional response was only really for the characters who had names um, yeah well yeah of course it's, it's almost like uh, just the way that um, Finch has written the script is, is art in itself isn't it because he's named obviously the people like the chapters after the section of this movie after those individuals as well um, I think he does a really good job of putting you in the shoe I think we talked about this last week did we some recently like putting you in the shoes of someone that you actually find it really hard to dream empathize uh, with. dream scenario we're talking about dream scenario were we um, so it was last week yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> we've done two this week we've thrown everything off isn't it but um yeah, like it put it puts you in the shoes. It you know it forces you to connect with a character who otherwise who you know without this movie you would never empathise with. Them. Yeah, you would never think, oh yeah, you know, like I mean, it's it's tongue in cheek a little bit. There's a touch of tongue in cheek with the Smiths and the humour and all of the rest. Um, but I think that's what Fincher does really well. And of course, like the the diegetic narration is used for that. The sort of internal monologue from Fassbender's character. That you get throughout that's what does that just like with you Joe Goldberg mm-hmm. when the, most of the story is told from an internal monologue of the protagonist it's exactly the same and that worked really well for me as well so about five minutes ago you mentioned there's a reflection of modern society oh yeah right um, so I like that Fincher littered the movie with cultural references like modern cultural re- uh, references McDonald's in Paris straight yeah. away um, Amazon I really thought it was really cool, you know, when he, he has to copy the, the card scanner and he like, you know, he goes and takes a photo of it and then he's walking away and he just goes looking just for it on Amazon. Looks it up on Amazon, next day delivery, delivered straight to a box like locally, you know. Um Wordle as well. <laughs> I think they're the only three that I consciously like took note of, but I'm sure there was more. Um I like that that's kinda used. I mean the cynic in me wants to say it's advertising. Right, but I like that it's kind of used to make a point about how impersonal the modern world is and how it almost allows the killer to walk among us mm. it almost kind of like not okays it but you know it doesn't green light it but it allows that behaviour like there's such an impersonal interaction can be avoided so often yeah 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 you, you, can, all, you can not know who's moving around you and I mean he, you, he yeah. breaks into that penthouse for Claymore the uh, client with nothing but his iPhone yeah do you know what I mean like it takes him a couple of days and he he copies the card reader he books a free trial at a gym like you know he does everything's just all he needs is his iPhone um, so like the killer's sort of cold emotionless ways are sort of I don't know Fincher, Fincher's almost saying like they're reflected in the modern world he's saying we're all cold and emotionless now because of technology mm. maybe <laughs> 
there's um yeah that I, I never I didn't really think of it like that but it, there is there is that kind of this is how easy it is to move around um anonymous now you know there there's definitely yeah. that message coming through and that and that's uh that, you know that's really and actually I wonder there's something in the fact that you know when the American bully dog's barking at him and like there's not a or who's out who's the dog barking at who's outside it's just like a, there's that ignorance of just like Fair do you know what I mean yeah. like there's not there's not um, I, I don't know I feel like maybe 30 years ago if the dog's barking at something you check you go out inside and check and maybe, I don't know, maybe the dog like, just bark. he lives in a weird remote part of Florida unless I think <laughs> it, it's, a, it's an aggressive dog that barks all the time I'm assuming yeah. so I've uh, maybe reached a little bit too far there I don't necessarily think that Finch is trying to like tell a cautionary tale about technology like this isn't black mirror but he's definitely sort of like shows like, all as uncaring and isolated yeah and detached from yeah, each other yeah. like just as the killer is really yeah dropping it in um so you hated john wick's changing locations uh but the same criticism is yet to come from the killer yeah that's because it doesn't i didn't right yeah actually that's a good point so obviously he travels around a lot doesn't he and like you've got a super open story space because it starts in Paris and then he's jetting off to wherever he lives in South America and then he's off to New York and then it's or New, uh, New Orleans New York mm, sound Chicago like a Fast X movie here. it's like jetting around yeah. Fast and the Furious so but it's not for glamour so I'm alright it's not like this big flex of like Hollywood's budget like look we're going to all these like glamorous locations and trying to I don't know vlog your holiday there or something it's not it doesn't feel like that because Finch has left the actual travelling like what actually annoys me about these big open story spaces I mean obviously on the one hand you lose control of the story when your space is too large but it annoys me that you know you click your fingers or you, uh, one single like cut to black or cut you know switch scene and you've got John Wick travelling from Tokyo to Berlin oh it's just the graphic on the screen yeah or not, or not even okay, that yeah, sometimes yeah. he just rocks up in a street yeah Whereas in this, you've got Fastbender going through customs yeah. every time. I, I actually think that was my favourite scene, at the, the, the customs at the start where he thought someone was following him. Yeah. Um, I actually think that was maybe my favourite. And he booked himself into the hotel room. The paranoia. Yeah, I loved, oh. I loved that scene. I think that was my favourite in the, in the movie. I thought yeah. it was brilliant. He betrays a lot of boredom in the life of a hitman. And a lot of that is in the travel, I think, like sitting in airports and planes and trains and hiring cars. Like the tedium of travel is present, which takes the glamour out of the locations. Mm. And there's a really gritty realism in like the boredom present throughout this movie yeah. and how every plan goes fucking wrong. <laughs> so I'm uh, looking at other Hitman films, right? Because that's where we're going here. Hitman films, right? <laughs> And the number one film on Rotten Tomatoes, what do you think it is? What? Of this genre, you mean? Yeah. Of all time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of this, uh, uh, John Wick? Is that Hitman? The Killer, 1989. Oh, that's interesting. So, let me give you a little synopsis of Killer, the Chinese version. (laughs) As As my photos just bug completely. Right. So, mob assassin Jeffrey is no ordinary hired gun, the best in the biz. He views his chosen profession as a calling rather than simply a job. So when a beautiful nightclub Chanteuse, Jenny, is blinded in the crossfire of his most recent hit, 
Jeffrey chooses to retire after one last job to pay for his unintended victims, sight-restoring operation. <laughs> but when Jeffrey is double-crossed, he reluctantly joins forces with a rogue policeman to make things right. Um, I'm taking 1989 Killer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm taking 1989 Killer. But, um, so, not original story. That's pretty much... That's almost quite the same. The same. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's, all, there's even... There's even like more intricacy. This victim doesn't die. This the the assassin now has to look after the victim. Yeah, um, it's a real level of responsibility. Like, yeah, I really messed up it. Um, so that that I, I guess that's where the the plots kind of copy and yeah. pasted from. What do you think of that? I mean, th- this seems to happen a lot. Yeah, of course it does. Um, I mean it happens with music. Everyone knows that. Well, that like, was actually what I was thinking when he said that. Yeah, I guess all art is to an extent like theft isn't it <laughs> all that is kind of a, a regurgitation or a recreation of something that's come before and so can you still get original sto- story yeah well you know you, you, there's all kinds of theory about like there's actually only I, I can't name you any but there's actually only like seven real stories in existence and they're all in the bible or something so, <laughs> yeah you know what I mean like, it's along those lines and it's like you know uh, literature theory being you know dictating that there's actually only every story is in three acts or or whatever you know there's different theories and to an extent I think like getting bogged down in all that kind of stuff doesn't get you anywhere like isn't mm. a, isn't a positive thing like true is it true who cares like if there's if there's that many variations of all seven or all three or all however many that you think there are there's enough mm. and that's the thing like you know we're never gonna run out of music mm. we're never gonna you know we're never gonna like not li- or listen to something that not be able to release a song that's completely original like everything's made up of samples isn't it yeah. from a million things before like I'd, I think it's the case with all that same with writing for a for screen as it is or writing narrative generally as it is writing a song like okay the tools there are, there's a limited amount but the amount you can take from previous stuff that's been written is endless mm. And so I'm I'm okay with it. I don't I don't I'm not going to accuse Fincher of you know, <laughs> plagiarism, yeah. wasn't it? Give me give me two more in the top ten. I mean, are they all going to be like eighties movies I've never heard of though? No, I don't really know what a Hitman movie is. Like, I can literally name you the Born Identity trilogy or whatever. Uh, Born Identity is is in there in the top ten. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's the 93 Ooh. best hitman Ooh, films. Leon. <laughs> Leon. Uh, is it Leon? No. The uh, French hitman set in Paris. That's that's a big movie. It's, yeah, it's called. not in there. It's not in that's there. A, that's a surprise. In Bruges. Leon the I'm surprised in, uh, in Bruges isn't in there. In Bruges. Is that in there? there? No. Oh, okay. So John Wick 2 is at number 10. But that's, see, sorry, just going back to In Bruges real quick. How is that a hitman movie? Well. Like, I feel like this is a really loose subgenre. This, well, this yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Like if, if John Wick I guess John Wick is John yeah. Wick 2 is number 10 John Wick 2 John Wick 1 is number 13 oh my god John Wick 3 is number 9 All right. give me so we've got we've got two more two more I reckon you can get one of the the other three that I'm looking at uh, is it a Bond movie no I, I don't know anything. Okay. Kill Bill's at 14. How the fuck's Kill Bill a hitman? <laughs> like, okay, I get it. But I just I think this game is stupid because the, okay. the genre, subgenre is way too loose. And the one I'm taking, if this is a, a hitman movie, as 
my best ever is Pulp Fiction because apparently that's a that's a my movie. Is that on the list? But as I'm it? taking Pulp Fiction. Is it on the list? Yeah. Right. And that's what third? Third. No Country for Old Men. Third. No. Pulp Fiction four. No Country for Old Men three. Okay. I, I um, didn't take number two because it's so. I it guess was made this, in this a hitman movie is just any movie that has a hitman in there somewhere. There you go. I'm taking Pulp Fiction out of that. Because like that the list. Like, Style-wise, I would go as far as say genre-wise. No Country for Old Men and The Born Identity are leagues apart. Absolutely, No Country Pulp Fiction and, and John Wick. And No Country for Old Men is clear of, of Born Identity. Well, of course, yeah, but but that's for different reasons, isn't it? Like, how is, you, you've literally just read me a list where that has both Pulp Fiction and John Wick on it. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? In top ten. In top ten. <laughs> like, like what what's going on? Like, yeah. The, the genre of taxonomy sometimes is completely overwhelming, isn't it? <laughs> so which of those films are you taking? What do you mean by taking? Like what what as your pick of the bunch? Of those te- of those however many we just Six, talked seven, about. Yeah. Uh I mean No Country for Old Men's probably the best movie on there in my head. Um is, I really enjoyed the killer though. Yeah, you know? is, I really is there this. um is there some Quentin Tarantino versus David Fincher thing that's that's around? Because I feel like yeah, stylistically probably. there's there's some similarities there. Like when you think of Fight Club versus um I don't know Reservoir Dogs or something like that. There just seems to be <laughs> similar kind of styles. They're both kind of seven, in- you know, seven and Yeah, know, I mean like they're both that. kind of interested in the same sort of themes, aren't yeah. they? Like a little bit, but stylistically they're quite different. I think Finch has got as as much of a unique style as Tarantino does. I don't think they're necessary. I mean, there's going to be some com- competition, isn't there? Mm. But like, I doubt it's that overt. You know, it's not quite like Nolan and Warner Bros, is it? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't like to choose someone that I preferred. What, between two, those two, between their work. Ooh. I, you you could squeeze me on Tarantino. You could squeeze me on that. I love some of his stuff. Um, I'm not going to push you for an answer. No, I couldn't pick. I couldn't pick. I couldn't pick. I couldn't pick. Um, but yeah, so The Killer, um, a remake, let's call it. <laughs> yeah. But um, I feel like we've got to do some more of these uh, Southeast Asian movies. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Like, I just, We've missed some, haven't we? We missed Bullet Train. We started this after Parasite, Bullet Train. We, I think we would have really got a lot out of some mm. of them. So, well, um, I reckon we'll get a Squid Game part two at some point next year yeah I've, I actually saw on Netflix there is a squid game the challenge and I thought oh this is the second series it's just a reality TV show yeah of course it is <laughs> <laughs> um, 